We can hear again, Mo. It's a miracle. That was. <laughs> there's a uh, there's an old Shenandoah song called "There's a Ghost in This House," and I'm pretty sure that we may have one in our room here. Yeah, because... that, would, that would explain it. <laughs> the, the, come closer to explaining it than anything else. That was weird. Yeah. But here we are. We're we're, we're good to go. I'm gonna tell you what though. If there is a ghost in this house, it is cold. <laughs> <laughs> it is cold in here right now, so you know it usually is. Goodness gracious! <sighs> Man, that was wild. Sorry, I'm not supposed to say that because you're, JP yeah, likes you're getting to give me a hard time. Yeah, yeah. All no right. Way. The good thing is we can hear, which means we can hear Russell Venosi, who is joining us now. Russell, what's going on, man? Hey guys, what a segue there! Thanks. Doing well. Um, <laughs> A little nauseous, been looking at schedule all day for spring fling, trying to figure out the puzzle pieces, but uh, other th- otherwise doing pretty well. And uh, the, the they are indeed puzzle pieces too. Yeah. Um, good luck to you figuring all this out all week. <laughs> that's hey, why you're still standing by the. Oh, that's man. why you that's why you make the big bucks absolutely oh gosh yeah. well if we're still standing in one piece by friday that'll be great and, and hopefully uh, saturday too. <laughs> we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Um. So again, Spring Fling starts off tomorrow in Murfreesboro. Track, tennis, soccer, baseball, softball, and um, Russell and the Main Street Preps platform will have coverage of all of it. Russell, what are you looking forward to? Yeah, that's the plan, Maurice. We're going to... Between all of the reporters and editors that we have and freelancers across the area, we're hoping to be at as many different places as possible at the same time. And uh, I'd say overall, I'm, I'm really excited about this week. It really is, I, I mean, probably my favorite week of the year. I know a lot of high school sports reporters would probably feel the same way. Uh, of course, the basketball championships, the football championships are fun, but there's nothing quite like this Olympic-style setting where there's everything's going on. The weather is generally pretty nice. You're outside, you're, you're just enjoying the end of the school year. And, um, it's, it's a great event and, and Murfreesboro is the perfect place to have it centrally located with all the great facilities they have down there. So, uh, yeah, real, real excited for, for what's coming this week. Um, did the TWSAA prep you on this? No, <laughs> I'm not a, uh, <clears throat> I'm not a mouthpiece for the TV display, but <laughs> just no, as a third party speaking, it it really is a, a good event. I think it really is. It really is for all the reasons that you that you hit on. I, I'm I'm just giving you a hard time. And, but yeah, it, I mean for all for all of that, it is. It probably is the best thing that the TWSAA does because you've got everything generally in one place. Especially now the track is at MTSU and not yeah. at Rockvale. Uh, it would be nice if you could get all of the baseball venues a little closer, but it kind of is what it is. But, but yeah, it, it's a great week. It's a challenging week from a journalistic standpoint, but from a fan's standpoint, unless you're a Loretta fan, it's great because as we pointed out before we brought you in, you've got Loretta playing baseball and softball at the same time tomorrow, both games against Adamsville. And that, that should be fun for them. But yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, I guess the schedule bizarre didn't quite work out for the, for that fan base there. For, but uh, yeah. maybe, maybe you can maybe you can stream one game in, in hand and, and watch the other in person. Trust me, they'll figure something out. They've 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 been at it long enough. They'll they'll come up with something. But um, anything in particular? Where where are you tomorrow? 
Well, I'm going to start out over at Wilson Central for some uh, Division II AA baseball. We've got Lipscomb Academy over there uh, making their return to this to the Final Four for the first time in a while, so I want to catch that. Um, but I'm also going to be keeping tabs on just everything that's going on, hopefully. Uh, when when I was looking at the brackets, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but one one that really stands out to me just from a Middle Tennessee perspective is that uh, Class 4A softball bracket. Just completely filled with our with our local teams here. Six of the, six of the eight are from the area. You got uh, Summit, Wilson Central, Clarksville, Coffee County, Springfield, and Stewart's Creek. Hopefully, I didn't leave anybody anybody out there, but um, that one looks wide open. And man, if you're a softball fan, I think that's that's going to be a great bracket to keep track of. Um, but you know, otherwise, we we'll also have coverage of just about everything. We've got our kind of master coverage planned in the works right now. So. Uh, but I, I would definitely stay tuned to at Main Street Preps on Twitter and all of, all of our reporters. Of course, MainStreetPreps.com is the place you can find everything kind of all, all in one place there. Here's the thing. In that 4A bracket, one of the two teams who is not in the area, defending state champ Farragut. I guess defending state champ. They're the defending state champ of the state's highest classification. They won a state championship last year. In the state's highest classification. Yeah, I mean, so... so. I don't know if you can necessarily call them defending 4A state champions. Yeah, there was just... no 4A, but yeah, it's um, which which poses a little bit of a challenge for Stewart's Creek right out of the box. Farragut coming in 39 3 and 1, Stewart's Creek 28 10 and 1 in that um, 5 30 matchup. As um, as Rus- Russell mentioned, also um, Summit and Wilson Central facing off. Um, Coffee County Springfield and Daniel Boone Clarksville in 4A softball. Um, speaking of 2021 state champions, Summertown holds that status as well, having won Class A last year. They open Class 2A state tournament play tomorrow at 530 against Community. Um, four mid-state teams in that bracket um, with Loretto again taking on Adams Bull and Forrest, which won Class AA last year, is in the 2A bracket taking on Meigs County in their opener tomorrow. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how this four classification postseason shakes out for both baseball and softball, I think. Yeah, you know, on one hand, it's great that there's more teams in there. It's giving giving more schools an opportunity to compete. Uh, on the other, I'm sure there's an argument that, hey, this is too many teams. There's too many trophies. And I, I know that's kind of an exhausting kind of thing there. But um, I don't know. For, for me, I, I kind of like it so far. We'll see how the results pan out. But, um, you know, to give some more teams a chance, I think that, that adds to the fun. Like, I look at the baseball bracket, a team like Centennial, you know, they uh, really are on a nice run right now. They made the state tournament for the first time since 2013. And and that, whatever you want to call it, well, I guess what was tr- previously AAA baseball, what's now 4A baseball with all the big schools in there. I mean, that is just such a, a gauntlet to get through, not only to get to the state tournament, but then to try to compete for the title. Uh, and Centennial hasn't had a chance to do that in a while. And uh, especially coming off of last year when they were 6-21, and 21, last place in their district to have turned things around. Uh, to have won their region and, and the sectional to get there. I think I think those are the kind of stories that maybe um, this new format has allowed for, whereas, you know, before maybe a Centennial uh, doesn't get there or, or, you know, any number of other kind of underdog teams maybe have less of a chance. So I think that part of it is fun. And, and as somebody that really enjoys um, that and maybe doesn't get too caught up in 
hey, too many trophies are being handed out. I, I'm a fan of it, at least as we as we stand here right now. It's interesting, Mo, because <clears throat> Brian Hamilton of Smoky Mountain Sports, who we've had on the show a couple of times and talking to East Tennessee, he asked me, he said, you know, who are the favorites in each class in baseball? And I, I, I threw out Eagleville for Class A. I mean, they've lost two two ball games. I, th- I said, obviously, Pigeon Forge in Class AA because, well, they're Pigeon Forge. 2A. You're right. Sorry. Uh, in Class 4A, I went with Farragut because, well, they're Farragut. Mm-hmm. But in Class 3A, it's kind of a toss-up because this is the classification that kind of got the most – jumbled with a lot of big schools and a lot of small schools from that class 3a it just it it, it really throws a wrench into everything you don't a lot know of what simil- to see a lot of similarities with this 4a with this four class classification setup between class 3a and class 5a in the sixth class setup for football because mm-hmm. They seem to be the most unpredictable. Right. Um, 5A in football has been that way for the last few years. And and again, like you said, it looks like 3A kind of has that same type feel to it just because you, you don't know. You're not as familiar with those programs, especially against each other. So... And you get a 16 and 18 Montgomery Central Russell who went yeah, on the about road and, and, and gets a spot in the state tournament. Like that's, that's a great story for that program. Yeah, it's great for them. I mean, I, I'll admit it is pretty weird seeing a, uh, a team with a sub 500 record in the state tournament, but Hey, you know, if they, they found a way to get there. Uh, but I think you're right though, in that class five, a for football and in the class three, a for, for baseball and softball, you are comparing in some cases, apples and oranges, because you're right in, in saying that, uh, you know, like in, in the highest classification is pretty clear, like, okay, all these schools have like 14, 1500 students or more. But in that, the one below it is kind of, kind of a weird well, in between of like small, like medium to large schools that well, are in there. Because all those teams that dominated three, you know, AAA for so long are now in 4A. So they're gone. And so the teams that kind of got lost in the, the mid range of AAA are now in 3A and they've got a shot. And that's part of probably what makes what Centennial was able to do even that much even more impressive because mm-hmm. they did it in 4A coming off of the season that they came off of last year. Russell Venosi, MainStreetPreps.com editor with us here on Main Street Sports today as we continue to take a look at spring fling that begins tomorrow and runs through Friday at <laughs> various locations across Murfreesboro and Rutherford County. Um, did, did you go see that Franklin Grace team play? The baseball team? Yes, yes, I did. Did you see them at their place? I did. It is a very interesting setup over there. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've seen anything quite like it. I, you guys want me to talk about that? Absolutely. Like, I would love right. to hear about this. Uh, well, here is the best way I could describe it. It looks like it was a. It looks like a little league field that was like retrofitted or extended to be a high school field. Um, just you know, you know the chain link dugouts that are like right there. There's like hardly any kind of room behind home plate. And on the foul lines, that's kind of like the little league field. It looked like that, but then the outfield was extended a little bit 
with some extra fencing. Russell, and, uh, I, I can tell you that I coached a summer league team that played our home games on that field about eight to 10 years ago. Okay. So you know all about it then, um, but I'm yeah, intimately familiar with it. Yes. <laughs> I can't, and, and I'm not well, sure that outfield has been extended that much. Yeah, no, it's, um, there was what looked to be a routine fly ball to center that just got out when I was there, but I mean, both teams, Teams have to play there. And right. what was interesting is one of the one of the um, Grace Christian players pointed out to me, I think it was Jordan Carter that said this, one of their kind of big home run hitters. You know, he was saying that when other teams come in there, they see that short porch all around and, and they get pretty excited. They turn it into a home run derby. Like, you know, who can or hit out a home run first? Yeah, try mm-hmm. to. And then all of a sudden you've got teams over swinging and the Grace Christian kids are obviously used to that field. They're just focusing on line drives and hitting the ball hard. And next thing you know, I mean, they just kind of steamrolled everybody that came in there. Absolutely. And and Jordan Carter, a Memphis signee. So um, his game is not predicated on where they play their games. But. And and they won 36 right. games. They weren't all at Franklin Grace. No, no. So, yeah. I, I, this is a team that's got a chance to win uh, uh, them in good pasture. I mean, could very well see each other again. Mm-hmm. I think right now you've got to peg Grace Christian as the favorite just based on the head to head there. But yeah, I, I think both those teams are in the mix and, uh, wouldn't be surprised at all if they met for the championship. You've got two of the top coaches in the state. When you mentioned good pasture and grace Christian as well. And, um, Brad Myers over at grace and Jim Carter over at good pasture. And I, I think a lot of folks in this area in particular would really like to see those two go at it again with a state championship on the line. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, if you if you do a little bit of digging too on the Grace Christian team, it's pretty interesting. If you look at their their assistants to help out Brad Myers over there, they've got former MLB players Chase Headley and uh, Matt Merton, and then they've also got uh, ex White Sox pitching coach Don Cooper on the staff. So uh, those guys have definitely got a lot of baseball knowledge. That seems, uh, that seems good. <laughs> Wait a yeah. minute, I, 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 Don Cooper used to be pitching coach of the Nashville Sounds, and I'm just not sure I would want him around teenagers, but. No, no, Coop's a great dude. I didn't realize he was out there. That's fantastic. I mean, like you said, former White Sox pitching coach. I I hope those kids realize the brains that they have the opportunity to pick when you're talking about a Don Cooper, a Chase Headley, that kind of thing. And and kudos to Brad Myers because, you know, so many coaches are threatened by bringing guys like that in on their staff. But, you know, that's – that's a great resource for those kids, I would think. Yeah, I asked him kind of about what he thought about the staff, and he said, oh, Brad, that is. He said, oh, yeah, they don't even need me. I'm just kind of just here organizing because we've got all these great baseball minds <laughs> on staff, and clearly it's paid off with the results that they've had. So uh, definitely looking forward to that that tournament and seeing how, seeing how uh, single-A uh, fair, fares there in Division Two. Don't let Brad fool you. He's a um, Tennessee Baseball Coaches Association Hall of Famer for a reason. So um, Mm -hmm. speaking with Russell Venosi, Main Street Preps editor here on Main Street Sports today um, as we get you set for Spring Fling, as we get set for Spring Fling. Russell, I I know you're looking forward to to being out at at several different things, but – what are what are some of the the things that you are and I don't want you to give any any story ideas away, but what are some of the storylines you're looking at 
uh, when it comes to spring fling and some of these teams that that are unique. Yeah, we've already touched on a couple of them there, but I think sure. uh, we haven't really talked about soccer. That's one that I'm yeah. on. Uh, you know, Page Soccer they lost they lost a title last year in devastating fashion. Gave up a goal with 15 seconds left uh, in what was a, I believe a zero zero game. It was heading to overtime and just right there in the last 15 seconds had a, had a collapse on defense and, and gave up a goal. And, uh, you know, they've really, that they, they haven't forgotten about that as, as you can imagine one wouldn't kind of losing in that way. And, uh, man, the schedule they played this year, very, very tough. They played CPA twice. They played Brentwood and Franklin who are both in the, uh, AAA state tournament. They played some teams in East Tennessee, uh, kind of in an early season tournament to, to see some competition over there. And, they emerged with a pretty good record, 13-5-5. Five five. They've got a goalkeeper, Jack Gorman, who's going going to William & Mary. Uh, he can stand on his head if needed, uh, but but oftentimes the defense and, and the forwards keep the ball you know, away from their net. Uh, so I was looking at that double-A bracket there in, in boys' soccer, and I feel like Paige has a really good chance to, to get back to the title and, and to kind of atone for, for that heartbreaking finish last year. Having dealt with Nate Clapp extensively over the course, course of his coaching career i can tell you no they've not forgotten that and and he's probably drilled him about it every day since that loss uh page is probably a good pick in that in that classification for that very reason so um you know we were talking about the the extra classifications and and the shifting shelbyville in 4a isn't necessarily in the main street preps footprint but that's a team that I think may have kind of benefited from some of the reclassification because they and Columbia Central were in the same district in the same region for a long time. And with Columbia Central playing into Williamson County for both district and region play, Shelbyville really took advantage of the Lions who had been in the sectionals, I think, each of the past three years prior to this year. And now the Golden Eagles make their way to Murfreesboro. Um, big, big development for them. Yeah, that worked out for them to kind of end up in a different uh, district and and region there. Um, you, you don't want to match up. I mean, just ask ask Hendersonville and Station Camp how that worked out for them. I don't think you want to match up with those Williamson County teams, even in a year when it kind of really, kind of first looked like that those teams might be a little bit down. They got it together in the postseason and they both rolled uh, in their in their sectional games over those. Sumner County teams that have been right in the mix every year too. So uh, yeah, anything you can do to avoid those, those teams and, and, you know, before the state tournament is, is great. And and Shelbyville happen to be on, on the, uh, the right side of that this year. No question. Russell, we appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for taking some time again. You can, I'm sure you will be talking with uh, George and Billy throughout the week uh, on, on their, special takeover of our show i guess and uh so so we'll be looking forward to hearing your updates on uh on main street sports today throughout the week man all right guys thanks for having me looking forward to seeing you guys out there this week